Well, 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 well. Good evening. This is After the Gig. This is Jesse. I'm going to kind of keep this uh, quick. If you're new to the program, welcome. Welcome. You can um, always email into the podcast after the gig pod at gmail.com. Um, check out the Facebook group, all that good stuff. But I'm going to get to some questions and some emails here because they are overdue. They're definitely overdue. So I'm going to get into these a little bit. Uh, last weekend, we had the show. The Carbon Leaf had the show. Did I say the Carbon Leaf? Carbon Leaf had the show at Tupelo Music Hall. Little drive-in thing, two shows, one at three, one at six, and it was really great. It was really, really great. Um, any opportunity that we get to go out and play music together as a band is really, really great. It's it's like bittersweet because you get together so quickly and you don't really have a ton of time to really rehearse or practice things, and then you go in with so much energy, and then you realize like, oh my god, I'm so out of shape. I'm out of shape for this, but. It was, it was fantastic. It was just great to be out there. So, a couple emails here. David McCarthy, how you doing? Um, hi, Jesse. Here are some pictures from the 6 o'clock Tupelo show, filtered mostly on you and John. Um, pretty much the best people you're ever going to take pictures of at, at, at any show, really. Um, not just a carbon leaf show. If you would like full resolution uh, variations or anything, just ask. The show felt a little weird, but you guys were great. Well, okay. I know Barry messed up at least one lyric. Probably. I think we all messed up at some point. Like I said, pretty unrehearsed. Um, then you put related. A few years ago, I saw Billy Joel, uh, a Billy Joel concert, and he admitted to having teleprompters around the stage in case he forgot the words. Um, uh, yeah. So in those days he relied on, on like lip reading, um, with the people in the front row of the show. So most big artists will use teleprompters. You'll see them at any show, any big artist, there'll be a teleprompter right in front. Um, that's normal. That's, that's not new. So a lot of people just can't see it or can't notice it if they're in front of the stage, like just viewing like a normal viewer, you're not supposed to see it. But if you're on the side or if you're like right up front, you can see it. Um, most people use it. I wish I had one. <laughs> I honestly wish I did. I suck. At, I'm, I'm actually like really good at learning lyrics, but I suck at like remembering like the long term kind of thing. Um, but thanks, uh, David. These, um, these pictures are Dave. Why did I say David? I can be Dave. Uh, these pictures are really, really great. Thank you so much. I'll I'll post some of these. Um, they're very, very nice. And I'm I'm bummed that I didn't get to see you at the show because I feel like um, whenever I do solo stuff, you and Pat are there, and it's always really, really great. And I'm I am bummed. Like another question in here is if I'm happy that <laughs> there haven't been meet and greets because you know you guys all know that I hate doing meet and greets. I am. I don't know. I feel like I feel like a meet and greet would do me some good right now. I need I need to feel some love. Um, I would love to do a meet and greet actually at this point, but I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, like I said, I just don't like the table the table meet and greets when there's a big line. Kind of weirds me out. All right, moving on. Thanks, Dave. 
Katie Musselman. How you doing? Hi, Jesse. So you know how you and Haley discussed that sometimes you have to follow up and nudge people a little bit. Anyways, since you plan to have a discussion with the rest of the guys this weekend, which I actually didn't, we didn't have time to do a uh, podcast, but I'll be there this, this coming weekend as well. Um, I figured, I figured it should be my one last attempt to get this question answered. Did you, did I, have I not answered? Um, upon meeting Zach Torres, is it Torres? It's Torres. When he was playing with Scott Mulvihill, we told him that we first heard Scott as an opener for you. He responded, I'm guessing if you've seen Carbon Leaf once, you've seen them a bunch of times. It seems you either don't know Carbon Leaf or you really, really love them. Why do you think this can be said of Carbon Leaf? What makes uh, Carbon Leaf's family... Sorry, can't read. What makes Carbon Leaf so uniquely connected to their fans and vice versa? Thanks for the live streams and the podcast. Hope you're well, Katie. Um, it's funny because I read that at first and I thought, it's like, oh, once you've seen Carbon Leaf, you've seen them all. <laughs> once you've seen one show, you've seen them all. Um, I don't, you know, there's probably a couple ways to answer this question. Um, I think that carbon leaf at one point in time, whether it been like the, the era when they won the AMA or, you know, just like Indian summer or, or like whatever, whatever the big, the big era was for, for carbon leaf. Um, they got a whole bunch of fans and had like a really, really strong push. Like a lot of, a lot of these bands, do uh that are still touring today and making music and consistently playing shows around uh uh, around the country with lots of people uh attending them but what i think happens is the bands get they they find they find their fans they find their market they find their their thing their circle and then they um and then they just hone in on those people and they really cater to those fans that they've gained over those years. And it, and it might go away from finding new ones. So things like getting on Spotify playlists or having, um, you know, a, a big thing for a lot of bands or a lot of musicians or writers or whatever is to get on playlists or, do licensing or, you know, publish some songs to commercial, license some songs to commercials and TV shows. And we haven't really done that. And those are the kinds of things that I feel like, um, pick up a whole brand new fan base that, and also like coming out with some new kick-ass song or, or, um, a video that goes viral, something along those lines, you know, you've all seen, you've all seen like the big things that come out from the person you had no idea existed a day before. So carbon leaf, um, really caters to their fan base that they've acquired over the last bunch of years. And, you know, I really feel like the way to get, you know, more people to say like, Oh yeah, I've heard of carbon leaf and maybe they're not as deep into the catalog as some other people. Um, 
is to I don't know I I, I think that I think that it would be a good idea for us and I'm I'm gonna put this idea forward to everybody but you know we're gonna do our our full length album next year around July no in July it's definitely gonna be July um, twenty twenty one but I think we should have three songs that we just toss up on Spotify. Nobody has to pay for them. We just put some, like, three really good, strong songs up there, and we see what happens. And we just see what happens. And we push it out to our friends, have them put it on some playlists, get the word going, have have people say, hey, check this out. You can listen to it for free. Here you go. And then also do the thing where, you know, you sell your copies and you do, you sell your merch and your CDs or whatever at, um, at shows. But I think getting into that system and, um, and, and, you know, just giving, giving away some stuff and musicians give a lot away as, as it already is, but our fans support us quite a bit and they're really really great and evidence of that is our kickstarter campaign but i really think that we should try to uh to get in on some of those other things and use the musicianship and the songs and the the wealth of uh demos and and things that we have to um try to find some of those other key areas so well i hope that answers the question um I think I think it does, but the people the people that know Carbon Leaf love Carbon Leaf, love them. I have, I've yet to meet someone that's like, yeah, Carbon Leaf, yeah, I just wasn't into it. It's like either you love it or you've just never heard of them. So, um, and that happens with a lot of people. It happens with a lot of people of of this kind of like bands of this kind of stature. So that's a really good question. Thanks, Katie. I always have really good questions. Um, Don Shaw emailed into the podcast. How you doing, Don? Way out there on the West Coast. Um, I'm going to skip ahead here. I'm just I'm going to read this second paragraph here. So anyway, I listened to the podcast with Haley over the weekend. There was some stuff that really hit home. The biggest thing I had to get over with uh, with contacting people. Uh, for lead generation as a speaker was that I was somehow bugging them. And Don is referring to the conversation for the last podcast that I had with Haley about how you really need to take hold of your own situation. You need to contact people, people, you're not just going to go and get found, you know, It, it does happen. Uh, occasionally you'd be very lucky for that to happen, but you need to do the work and go out there and cold call and email and follow up and do all these things. So that's what Don is referencing here. Um, it had to be hammered into me that sometimes people are just busy and they don't have time to respond. I actually got a gig. My most recent back in March, just before COVID hit the fan because I kept doing regular follow-ups And the person finally forwarded my email along saying, she's been contacting me for about two years now. I guess we should hire her. Um, It's about relationships. People who who you have a good rapport with are more likely to hire you. You have to let... Uh, you have to let a little of yourself out, stay professional, but add the personal touch. I'm speaking at a college in central Utah in October in person, and I'm so excited. Thankfully, I'm in a position where we don't require the income, 
but speak good for you. But speaking is like a drug to me. I get high in front of an audience. Um, plus I'm sharing a message that I hope hits home with people and helps them improve their lives. That's really awesome, Don. Um, I'm very happy for you that you're, you got that gig and that you're talking and it's makes you feel so good. Um, and I've been, I, I just read the book, uh, how to win friends and influence people. And, uh, you know, you got to think about the other person most of the time. And most of the time we're thinking about ourselves. So when you go into a situation where you're trying to better yourself or you're trying to better your, your own situation, think about what the other person wants, you know, it's, uh, cause it's not all about you. And I have a hard time remembering that, um, as well. So this is great stuff. Um, question. How many video messages did you guys have to record? We got ours today and I will treasure it. Um, and then Don, you, you said something about the meet and greet and you know, it's not my favorite, but, uh, yeah. So we recorded, we recorded a few of them. Um, we have to do it that way because, uh, each of them was, was very individual and personal, but, um, we're not always all in the same place at the same time. So we have to take advantage of that time that we're all together. So we did a few of them, but, um, all of them were very personal. All right. That's it for the emails today. So check out the, after the gig merch store, you can go to jessehumphrey.com, click on the merch button. You can also go to teespring.com slash store slash after the gig. Um, but that's kind of a roundabout way to do it. Actually, no, that's the more direct way to do it. But I just want you to go to my website. So there's that. Um, you can check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash after the gig to check out the exclusive content. Uh, and that's it. Today on the show, I have the wonderful, the nicest guy in the universe, Adam Ezra. Adam Ezra has been doing daily or nightly uh, gatherings and, um, it's okay. He can use the name. That's totally fine. That's fine. Adam, that's fine. Now, um, he's been doing gatherings online, live streams every single night, and it's been incredibly successful for him. Um, I highly recommend checking one of these out nightly. Um, Adam is, we, we got to talk in about, being on the road and doing live streams and connecting with your fans. And Adam's one of the guys that does it better than anybody. So, um, I'm just going to, let's just get right to it. Right. That's what we should do. Enjoy this episode and this conversation with Adam Ezra. Last night was a rocky one. Tonight is coming soon. The rain keep falling heavy on my head. My brothers and my sisters holding hands and marching on It's the only thing that gets me out of bed I may cross River Jordan River Jordan I may face I may face The rising tide I've seen you, that you're doing the live streams and stuff Have you been like, as you're doing it getting like figuring out like oh this works and this can be better and you're trying yeah. different things yeah it is like a constant process of 
refinement and it's such a i mean it's you are you are more put together in this world than i am because uh, i never I, I never performed i never really did we did some live streaming stuff kind of for kicks like in a hotel room or something like that but um tonight will be like night 130 something in a row of really yeah yeah in a, um, in a row in a row in oh a row. my god i've been doing it every night since tour got canceled and uh, so what's the what's the uh the motivation for doing it every every night like how do you keep <laughs> how do you keep it fresh uh it has been it has been, <laughs> it has been an awesome like amazing creative challenge okay uh, uh but you know one thing i think that that helped was the premise my tour got canceled on march 13th or i canceled a show i was my first show that i was supposed to play that night and i was home and i was sad yeah, and yeah. scared mm. and i just went i just went online live to be sad and scared and talk about it. And, and then it turned and, and turned share into some this music thing. and like, well, it was just, it felt better. It felt healing. There were people that bounced on with me and I felt less alone. And, uh, and so I said, okay, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll come back tomorrow. And, yeah. and then the next day more, and this was about a week before people's tours really kind of, crazy shutdown and all the live streaming craziness happened. And yeah. so we've been calling this like each night. It's less about me performing at people and more about us being together. So, uh, uh, uh we, we've been just calling them gatherings each night. We That's gather great. together and we hang, uh, and, uh, a concept I know you guys get from past your, your, you have gathering albums, man. And you guys yep. uh, are so connected with your fans. This is probably the, the first time really I've felt a really deep connection in performance. So it's kind of like, it's kind of become a, uh, like a little bit of a blessing in, in disguise. Cause you're able to connect with, a lot of people that can tune in and tune out on any given night and they can think like, Hey, you know, I'm going to check out and see what Adam Ezra is doing. Like if I'm in a bad mood or I had a bad day, I know that there's this place I can go online yeah. that is yeah. filled with positivity yeah. and that they can like hear some songs and have a chat and, and answer. I don't know. Have you been uh, answering questions? I, I saw that you had, you had a guest on, the yeah. other the other night which yeah. is which is awesome to add that in and like oh man you well you're totally nailing nailing the spirit of it jesse yeah it's just just a place where we can we can be and so people people come every night i mean thousands of people are watching each one of these things and people yeah. will watch them like like reruns too i think like two-thirds of our viewership happens after right right after the live stream right and while the live stream is going of course there's a lot of interaction um i interact a little bit i would say but we have so many folks on there and they're so engaged that it is like and you probably know this too but it is like you watch the, the oh, chat yeah. screen and it is like flowing down right and 
uh, and I try to balance interaction with being present as I'm communicating or singing or performing. Um, but uh, yeah, I've had a bunch of great guests come on that has been inspiring. Uh, I have um, I have uh, live streamed from all sorts of bizarre locations wherever <laughs> I might be. I got uh, I got sick with COVID. Did you had COVID? I had COVID. And oh, I had no I had no idea. Yeah, oh my I got God. sick and I got uh, and I was you know and it, it, I was very I was very lucky. We're all lucky to be still standing right now in this crazy time that we are living in, right? But um, I was lucky in that my sickness did not travel down into my lungs. I did not have that cough. It did not get scary. I did not have to be hospitalized. But I was, I was not getting out of bed for really? four days or something like that. I was real sick. So you had like and the aches and all that stuff, like aches and all that stuff, and oh, like yeah, it was yeah. Bad. And I lost my sense of taste and smell. Not that did that's you? A deal, but that's that was like the oh shit! I have I got this thing. Where did you? Where did you get tested? Um. So I didn't get tested. So when I was sick. I called my primary care physician, right? Who said, you know what, Adam? Sounds like you got the thing. You don't have to go in to get tested to know that you got the thing right now. Okay, uh, gotcha. But you don't have the stuff that's, you don't have this part of the disease that is going to, the virus that's going to kill you, right? right? And right. so at this point, if those, if those symptoms manifest, then go to, go to an emergency room yeah but until then stay put uh stay put don't go around people you know yeah. that stuff, and yeah. so once i was asymptomatic except my sense of my sense of smell still isn't 100 percent really that wow. was that was like three three months ago four months ago so um is but, it the uh, kind of thing like if you have if you're sick and and you're all blocked up and you try to eat something you can't taste it you can't yeah. it's that it's that sensation yeah. yes gotcha. except you don't have you're used to that sensation when you're like when your head feels like a balloon and you have a stuffed up nose gotcha i had a totally clear nose so i'm going and there's just nothing there's no so weird smell sensation yeah it was totally it was that's interesting because a lot of people don't describe it like that. It's like I, my face, everything felt fine, but I couldn't smell or couldn't taste anything. That's yeah. such a weird, a weird thing to, uh, yeah, to, to try that to was, think of. Yeah, it was weird. And now, of course, at the time, like I got, and some people, that's the only thing, that's the only symptom they'll get. I right. was pretty, I was pretty sick, and so I would be, I would be, I would basically sleep all day and all night and. I would try and take down liquids and then I would get up to gather with people online. And those nights I would make it, you know, sometimes some of them were, some of them were 20, 30 minutes long. And I would, and I would mostly just talk and connect and, and did be, you do any of them from your bed? <laughs> like, yeah. try, like I'm getting up. I can't go any further. Did they know they knew that you were sick and had COVID and, yeah, like commenting. Uh, wow, it show was, must go on. It was scary when it first happened. I mean, I I remember the night, and they're all like all that, 
all the live streams are all cataloged. We have like a little gatherings, you know, page that catalogs all the, I mean, we are community. Jesse has, has like in an insane, wonderful way, kind of rallied to this thing. They fans keep a database of the songs that I'm playing each night and each and each night that I don't have something like a special guest on. I try to play a new song for fans that they haven't heard before or haven't shared at a gathering. So now on night, like, you know, 140 or whatever we're at right now, that gets harder and harder to do all the time. But uh, it has been so like, it has been so empowering for me as an artist or gratifying or validating. And even when I was sick, just being able to come online and see that this community was rallying around what was happening and wanting to be there and just go through it together. Right. Do you ever find, um, do you try to find a balance while you're doing the gatherings? Like of, uh, is it taking up, all of your time where you're trying to write something or trying to create something new for these things? Or are you, like you said, just trying to come up with a new experience each time to make it interesting for people? Um, Do you feel like you're losing a little bit of the creative side Mm -hmm. because you're doing this every night? It's a really good question. I'm really lucky in that. uh, (laughs) It's a weird, weird sentence that I'm about to say, but I, mean, <laughs> I, I am, I'm real lucky in, in that I've been playing music for a long time. And for most of that time, I was pretty, I've been pretty uh, unsuccessful. And so. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, uh, brother. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so there were, there were a lot of years, there were a lot of years of me writing yeah. And writing and writing songs and uh, and not really having much of an audience to share them with. And so uh, the the incredible now that I have this inspiring, amazing fan community uh, and now that we are and and you understand this, you get onto a stage when you're on tour and people have paid money to come and see you. And there are fan favorites, right? So there's some portion of songs that you're going to make sure that they get each night, or at least that's how I feel. And then everything else is for us. Every night is, is totally different, but there's only so, it's only so deep you can go. And you know, at this point we have 20 released albums. So we have a lot of music that we can share with people. Um, uh, so, so there's, you know, there are, there are other hundreds of songs that I've never played for anyone and never shared with it. So yeah. the, the, the journey for me is, you know, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll dig back into the, into the archives and I'll it's a find, big catalog. It's a I'll really big catalog. Some, well, it's a big catalog. I don't know if it's a great catalog necessarily. Like some of this stuff is like me learning how to be a writer or me really struggling with some like concept back when I was 20 years old or like trying to comfort a friend who's having a really like who's going through depression and writing something and being a really early writer. Right. right. And 
so I talk with my gatherers each night, you know, we talk about, we talk about, uh, I use the analogy often that if you go to a museum, right. And you see uh, a feature on an artist, there'll probably be some rooms with some uh, really nicely framed paintings that are, that were, that were finished and were ready to be presented to the world. But then there's, usually like a room where that they have that artists like sketches yeah. and unfinished works and rough drafts. And, uh, and sometimes for me, those, that room is the coolest part of the exhibit. Right. And so, yeah. uh, so we talk a lot in the gatherings about, uh, about sharing sketches and that's about- a really interesting that's a really interesting way of putting that because yeah. the sketches and the, the demos, the, you know, the drawings, yeah. whatever is, is such a big part of being a writer and an artist. Yeah. And I imagine, you know, someone that has, you know, whether you think it's a bad, like the, the songs you wrote in 2003 are like not worthy of being in front of anyone, but, or, or being in anyone's uh, ears, it's such a big part of the journey of, the songwriting and uh and and you as a person and your development and and finding finding your voice stuff like that because i was skimming through it's funny that you mentioned uh all these old songs and stuff but i was skimming through your catalog and going back to the through the discography there is so much stuff (laughs) i have (laughs) no idea how how much music that you have have written and yeah. uh, how much you and the band have, how long you and the band have been around? It's crazy. Like 2003 well, it, is like the first? I think the first release, believe it or not, is actually in 2000. Uh, okay. And it was a solo. I was living in Chicago and uh, I was working as a recess guy at an elementary school. And I was playing out six nights a week at open mics around the city. And I scraped up enough money to put together a little self-titled solo album so right and that's one of the that's one of the weird things i don't i don't make it easy for fans you're probably looking on like whatever spotify list you're probably only looking at the adam ezra group stuff but if you look at adam ezra there's probably another you know x number of albums yeah because i that that's true i am i was only looking at uh adam as a group yeah uh, Uh, so it has been it has been I, you know what? I just, for me, it's always been about being a writer and right. being an expressor or an explorer of myself and, and, and wanting to share that, share that art and that process. So, uh, so, so even when I didn't have an audience to play for, I, it, it was still about the writing. And sometimes I would write about that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Sometimes I would write about, I, you know, the need to write and connect and the need and to I write songs. I've written songs about writing songs. Like, wow. I mean, it's, and, and, and for me, each, each time I write, the goal is to dig a little deeper or get a little better or, 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 or challenge my own perspective on the world in one way or another. Uh, it has been not only an incredible exercise to like, go back to this older writing, but it has been, uh, it has been like, I don't know how to describe it. If you ever like, it's like going into like, 
a closet, right? Your closet. And like in the back corner, discovering like your old favorite t-shirt you haven't worn in <laughs> 20 years, right? And I like, bet in your case, look. it still fits you. <laughs> <laughs> mine, don't, mine don't fit anymore. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And mm. well, you know what though? I mean, maybe we can keep, maybe we can keep pushing this metaphor because sometimes, <laughs> right? The songs, it, I was a different person, right? So I was writing deeply personally, and I wouldn't think that that, that song would fit me anymore. And these gathering series, man, has been it, it has been so cool because, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, can you imagine going to a hundred shows in a hundred days of an artist that you love? People yeah. are. This is like a nightly. This is a nightly ritual for us. So yeah, obviously and it must like, be so fun to to put try those old songs back on with your current you know sensibility, and then they it. and they take on a whole different life. And maybe totally. even for you, in the place that you are in your life now, they take on a whole different meaning. Which totally, yeah, yeah, which that's is, it, which man. Is so cool, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. it, is, it has been awesome. So uh, <clears throat> to 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 rewind back to. A question that you asked that I kind of circumnavigated. Uh, it, I've, I have been writing during this time, yeah. and I have been creative, but a lot of the creativity has also been uh, into this like kind of hyper deep exploration of gotcha. of of my of my of the art that I've been trying to create over 20 years and uh and that has been an an awesome inspiring journey for me what um you said that you were in you were in chicago many years ago so what uh is that where you're from no i'm from boston and okay you're from you're from boston Uh, yeah and that's where i am now i'm actually in in in, uh in chelsea massachusetts which is the sister city of boston and uh right across uh boston harbor and the mystic river and uh and this is actually the this is where i play every night this is where i got sick and was talking to people and hanging out uh it's a really it's a really nice looking space you got there with the it is uh, you know uh, uh, it, it is, it is really, uh, and it's cool. And, you know, and I am the kind of artist where it's like, uh, right. Because I write so honestly about my life, the music is a little bit of a reality show. Right. So, but, <laughs> yeah. but the fans, the fans have, uh, uh, my listener community has followed me from when I was living in a nasty basement in Somerville, Massachusetts and writing about living in nasty basement in Somerville, Massachusetts too. Oh, I've lived uh, in one of those for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all have brother. Yeah. Uh, there's there's um, something if, if you haven't been through the, uh, the Boston realty experience as a college <laughs> student or at any point in your life, yeah. it, you really should try it. <laughs> it's a, it's it something is. else. It what, is crazy. Listening to realtors talk, try to talk you into why you should live in this basement, this or garden level apartment in Alston that has rats <laughs> all like living in it as well uh, that aren't paying any rent. Um, <laughs> man, it's, um, it yeah. sure is something else. So this was this was one of the you know. Uh, so you know i fell in love with a gal her name is Allie, and we lived together here and this this place here in chelsea was we were we could not afford we could barely afford rent Mm -hmm. in 
in anywhere we thought around Boston. And we found this place in Chelsea. And it was the third floor of this old candy factory. And it was, we somehow could afford it. It was like Chelsea was this overlooked neighborhood that, yeah. that, that people didn't want to be in. And, uh, and that was, that was, that was, that was good for us. Yeah. We didn't want to be, we didn't want to be in a neighborhood surrounded by a whole lot of other people that looked and talked like us anyways. So we, we found this amazing space and we've been living here for six years and it's been, it's been a, it's been a joy and I, I feel so lucky. I mean, we're all stuck and isolated and quarantined in a space and to, to, to be in a space that has, that has meaning and is, is a space that that's filled with love. It's, I feel very lucky for that. Yeah. Did, uh, so what, what did bring you over to Chicago after, like what made yeah, you Boston so, uh, you know I you know I graduated from college and I and I was where'd you go where'd I, you go to college I went to uh, I went to Colgate University in oh, okay. New York, up by Syracuse and uh, and you know uh, you know I was a lacrosse player in college I mean that's why I oh, wanted really? to go to college I wanted to play lacrosse I wanted to play division one ball and I wanted and I was studying environmental geography but as I as I was thinking about the world more and more challenging myself to think about the world more and more as I was preparing myself to be an adult living in an adult world uh, I really pushed myself to get outside my comfort zone I studied abroad and traveled around and lived for a little while in South Africa. I hired on as a farm, uh, a, a dairy farm worker for a while up in Canada. And, uh, and during that time, Jesus, really? During, yeah. And during those times, my, my journal, my way of sorting out the things that I was struggling with and thinking about, I, I was teaching myself how to play guitar. I couldn't read a lick of music, uh, and uh, but but I had a guitar, and and uh, and every time I would sit down and I would try and play and process, uh, it would feel like the most real, honest part of myself. And so mm. I finished school, and I just kind of made a pact with myself. I I said, you know what? I'll, chances are, I'm going to wake up. Tomorrow, I'm going to be 60 years old playing at Joe's Crab Shack on the North Shore, you know, <laughs> cover songs on Thursday nights, you know, while people eat their fish and chips. But uh, but I'm going to do this thing because it feels like the real, most real thing that I can do. And there's going to be no plan B. And uh, and at the time, I had a friend who was uh, uh, he was a blues harmonica player in Chicago. He was touring with an artist named Sam Lay. Uh, who was Muddy Waters' drummer, who was uh, Little Walter's drummer, who was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, and he was a friend who grew up in a small town outside of Boston like me, but he was, he was touring around the country Doing playing the blues. And he was playing in all the blues, blues joints in Chicago and outside of Chicago. And, uh, and he said, you know what, we, you should come. He was a teacher during the day. And so he said, you, you know what, Adam, if you really want to do this thing, you just got to get, you got to 
get used to being in front of people. You should come out here. You should, you know, we got like this little closet in the back of our apartment. You can live in there and, uh, <laughs> and we'll get you a job as, as, as the recess guy at the, at, at the school I work at. And you should just, oh, Chicago is a huge night. So I'm from Boston, which is a pretty small, small city. city. Yeah. Right? Pretty, di- pretty digestible, you know, right. Yeah. Chicago is vast and expansive yeah. and there is so so every night of the week you know there was there there was some shitty bar where I could play at an open mic and try and kind of learn how to be in front of humans and it was not something that came super easy to me because the songs I was writing were personal and embarrassing <laughs> for me to, like I yeah and I don't know if you feel this way at all but it as a performer i needed to build up calluses just like you know Mm -hmm. the first time first time you you take a run your muscles are really sore i had to build up calluses to the to the to the idea that i'm like just putting out this this honest thing and that not not everybody's gonna like it and And there's so many there's so many different factors to that from when you're writing in your room and performing songs and you hear them a certain way but then you take them in in a club where there's glasses uh clinging around on the bar and then there's people chatting on the other side of the room and and you think like oh this this song or the lyrics kind of grab they grabbed I am me bearing my soul yeah it's like this is me i'm trying to show you something uh-huh. but you but you don't realize like if you're in if you're in a bar people weren't gonna go there for that yeah. and it's hard it's hard to to grab them and and uh-huh. give them give them something that is entertaining you and are tell, you are telling my story brother that i was, know but it's it's so it's so crazy people talk about like making it and what you need to do it's like you need to get in a room like that and try to grab two people two, two people peop, two people that you don't know and yeah. and have them be like oh what's going on here like that <laughs> this dude is like he's speaking my language right now and that so, that is the game that is the challenge game. And that was the game for me, for most, believe it or not, for like most of my 20 years as a musician. Yeah. uh, My first, I tell, I I like to talk about sometimes my first tour, tour. Yeah. I I uh, I called every coffee shop and bookstore and bar up and down the California coast highway one. And I basically begged them if I could play. And sometimes they would give me a free meal and sometimes I'd play for tips and I would play in these, these places. And these are not places where people are coming to see music. Right. And and I don't know what I expected or thought when I decided to be a music that I would just like play these songs and bear my soul and people would love me. Right. Like, uh, I don't know what I expected, but I remember being, I mean, that was one of the loneliest tours I could, it was just me kind of living out of my car and I would set up in the corner of a coffee shop and people were there to buy coffee or go to, or do work or have a conversation with each other. They weren't there to see music and nobody yeah, was they even around. Know, they didn't even know that music was going to be there. They didn't know the music was going to be there and no one was around to say, hey, this is something special you might want to pay attention to. Right. And so 
my goal on that tour, I would play shows and it wasn't, I mean, man, if I had, uh, if I had two people say, whoa, and turn their heads, that would have been a grand slam. To me, my goal was, can I get one person in this room over the next three hours to tap their foot while yeah. they're doing something else? And that's where it started for me. And it was, it was crushing and hard and, yeah. and slowly got easier. You know? yeah. But when I look back to that guy and then I look back, to the gatherings each night and right now and me just with the guitar one night i even took out the guitar that i was playing on that first tour and i played songs that i was playing back at that back at that time that people didn't know right like and it was such a it's been such a yeah, like a full bringing circle. me back to that place and making me appreciate where I am right now. Yeah, because I'm sure I'm sure being able to play those songs that you're playing in those coffee shops on that tour on your own is kind of a sort of validation that you know if you if you're playing a song that you played there that no one was you know you're playing to to deaf ears but um you know then you see comments going streaming down the page like i love this song i love it you know it kind of gives you this validation it's like oh wait a minute it maybe it wasn't me maybe it was the situation i was in or maybe it was the environment and you know and there's that voice right in every artist's mind right we all want we all set goals for ourselves we all want to be at the next plateau whatever that is right we're all struggling in some way or another for it to get easier or better or more impactful or to inspire Mm -hmm. more right but but there's always a voice i think maybe in in every artist's mind that is like okay is it hard for me to get to the next plateau because of x y and z or because i'm not I'm not good enough. Right? Yeah. Well, it's it's almost powerful enough. Right. It's like that external struggle of like the things you want to get to, like what, it, what it looks like aesthetically. And then the internal struggle of, of you and what you need to do to get to those places and like, and right. finding your like authentic self to present in front of people and also try to entertain. I don't know why I keep getting text messages. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I turned my, hold on one second. Uh, hold on. You run a tight ship, man. Tight I know, ship. I know. Nothing to de- derail a podcast like a bunch of texts <laughs> from. It's pretty. Uh, uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, hold on. I think that's what the COVID era is all about these days. It is about uh, trying not to get too dizzy over there while I'm doing <laughs> It's about us all trying to deal with technology and right like in so many ways this has become our this has become our our way of normal here yeah it's figuring out technology it's getting a stupid microphone to work Uh, i know it's crazy when i first started doing it and and i do a, a live stream on thursday nights it's like i i was uh technical difficulty after technical difficulty i was like how do i get this to work the way i want it to and then eventually slowly i was like okay well maybe i'll try i'll get this software and and i'll and i'll do this and i'll try out now i can use my phone as the camera instead of the the, the computer screen and yeah. you know it's just uh it's an interesting learning experience 
and uh, I never thought that I would watch so many uh, YouTube streamer and Twitch videos <laughs> to figure out how to do this. <laughs> uh, it's pretty. It's pretty great. And now I, uh, you know, now you see all that those guys in the gaming world, and you're like, wow, this is all useful stuff, you know. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad that you did. You've got a uh, obviously. I mean, you know, we we've had we've had lots of chances to hang hang yeah. on a hang on a road, um, but uh, you know, it is a gift to be so comfortable just talking and inspired by learning learning about other people so I'm like i'm just yeah it's like that you're doing this you're in the right space brother well you know the interesting thing about it and i and i think i was talking to uh to stephen kellogg about this in his in his episode um was that everybody has this story and and kind of like the journey and how they did it and how they thought about their life and how they accomplished the things that they wanted to accomplish and um and everybody's thing is different. Like I think when I talk to people about their uh, life experience, I kind of, I don't necessarily compare it to my own, but I just see like, oh, that's interesting how that happened and how this personality type kind of went that way rather than, because everyone thinks of things in different ways and we're all trying to do the same thing, which is like, be happy, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's interesting. And I'm, I'm actually, it's funny I'm thinking about when you just said uh, that you played lacrosse and stuff. And I'm trying to picture the, you know, the high school Adam Ezra who was like, you know, maybe like, were you like jock ish, like trying to play sports? When, when did the turn happen when you became, <laughs> wanted to do that and then focused on like your inner journey and, and went up to Canada and, you know, lived on a farm, you know, it's, it's such a big jump. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. You know, I guess when you put it like that, it really, it really kind of is, but yeah. you know, for me, not many people do that, Adam, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for me, I've always been inspired by, by people and sports to me was about team. And I was yeah. so into, I was, captain of three sports in, in, in high school. And I just wanted to go to college and play division one ball. And, 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 and to me, uh, to me, the team environment was such a, such an impactful, I was feeling so many life things in the midst of that personal challenges and struggles, but, uh, right. Uh, daily, daily internal struggles within a team dynamic and mm -hmm. external struggles when you're like battling another team, right? Uh, leadership stuff and, uh, and friendship stuff and devotion stuff and like belief in yourself stuff. I mean, it was, it was always, are you thinking about those things in the moment or is, are, are those things that you reflect on? As I think I was inspired about those things okay. in the moment. And one of the things I feel like I was always pretty good at uh, keeping in mind was that these, these are moments that aren't going to happen again. I'm not going to mm. get to, I'm not going to get to be a, you know, high school sports captain 
again, right? This is the good time in life. And the same in college, right? I'm going to enjoy these years. Sounds like, that sounds like a movie. Like Adam right? Azura goes back to high school to become a <laughs> <laughs> the high school lacrosse captain. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it was. But, you know, I, and I mean, right when my when I was a captain of the team in in college, my everybody just called me hippie. OK, so, I mean, you were like so that I guy. Was, I was the guy, like I was the guy that would show up to practice. You know, I was the long hair would show up to practice you know barefoot but i was also the guy i just made it my i made it my role on the team to be the hardest worker and so that's awesome. i could i could look a little different and i could act a little different and i could be a little different uh but i think uh i think ultimately uh ultimately when the people around you respect what you're doing you can be different and it's and it's okay and right and it's and it's when we think about when you talk about that was a big departure from where you are i mean i talk about this every single night that there yeah we're living in such a, a a time filled with so much vitriol between people and bitterness right and and remembering that there is more about us that is the same and mm-hmm. is different right finding ways to uh to just like you were talking about uh, uh, to understand that we're all feeling the same things and we all want the same things. We all want to be happy. We all want contentment. We all want to feel connection. We all want to feel safe. These are things we all want to do. We just all go about them in such different, different ways. And the thing that art does to me, great art can be incredibly honest and incredibly individualistic yet speak to the universal things that make us human that we can all connect to and that's what inspires me so much about playing music and so uh so you know from from the sports from from playing sports to 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 wanting to understand what it was like to really have to work for a living Mm -hmm. to uh you know uh to to wanting to have perspective on the world to wanting to create art that addresses all of that stuff and connects us in uh in a in a in an honest and real way it all kind of feels like the same thing to me (laughs) yeah it is and i feel like a lot of things um you know we're forced to put blinders on and like you know (laughs) Uh, get rid of all these other distractions and stay focused on like, you know, what, what is good around us, you know, mm-hmm. take a step outside and, and see the people, uh, you know, con- conversing positively and not, and not just, I mean, I, for, for this world that we're in right now where everyone's like living on the internet and just saying things, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it's such a breath of fresh air and it's such a, a skill that you need now to just, to just focus on what the things that really matter, like, mm-hmm. and not, and not, um, and not get too distracted by things. I don't know. I guess it's I guess, hard, yeah. right? It's hard in this time to be able to filter past people's outspoken sometimes yeah. beliefs and and recognize 
the that there is a connection that there is more about us that is the same than is right the, it is so hard it is hard for me yeah every single day i mean it's hard for all of us every i mean we we i mean we're all struggling so much with this place that we're in that i can't even process how much i'm struggling with it there's 140,000 americans have died in like five months mm. in our country i mean there were 40,000 americans that died in the entire vietnam war yeah right? we are living through something that is like unimaginably brutal and right. we can't we can't process it none of us can process this right now we are trying to survive and stay okay okay enough to get to the next day right because because what else can we do right now yeah. and there's so much to be upset about and angry about and frustrated about and scared uh it is you know it is no wonder that it is such a tense time uh when we <laughs> when we try to when we try to influence our neighbors and uh and we try to speak about having answers because gosh it's overwhelming yeah it's very overwhelming and there's so many different things like looped into to one time and it's, it's a lot to it's a lot to focus on are you guys um i saw online that you guys did a full band gathering at at someone's house yeah that's so awesome this is we this is something we are it was all safe and it was all safe and everything they made yeah, like, all the proper precautions is, well, so this is I, i'm like i'm excited that you you asked about it because this is on the front edge of where 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 i want to take this and you know and i mean man i i feel so lucky right now i mean my tour got and you know this uh you know i was doing 230 dates a year i mean i was on the road all the time mm -hmm. and um and so to suddenly have the tour canceled was a, was indefinitely right was right. a super scary thing and ironically through these gatherings these nightly live streams i actually ended up i've, I've reached like literally they've reached millions of millions of people at this point and yeah. there's been so much more visibility for me as an artist during these during these like months of confinement and desperation than there ever has been it's been it's been that's been another hard thing for me to process you know um but uh the the next chapter of what i'm inspired to be doing is to be on the very front edge of figuring out ways for us to be able to share live music and community again in a in a safe and responsible way i we have never faced this kind of situation as a community and as a culture mm -hmm. and uh and we don't because of it we don't know how to handle <laughs> we don't know how to handle public situations they're right. scary they're crazy right and like 
right? People are just starting to figure out how to do the supermarket <laughs> supermarket thing five months into it, right? But so we have uh, we've been working really hard on beta testing what we're calling the gatherings live, and uh, and I'm a strange, you know, I'm a unique artist in that. And I think you and I maybe talked about this for the last five years. I've done a house concert tour. Yes. That I call the Get Folk House Concert Tour. And I literally in January and February, February show up to the living rooms of 50 to 60 fans, like every night all over the country. And we, we through that over the years, we've created an online ticketing system and a way to, uh, and a team to help teach hosts how to be house concert hosts. So what we've been working on for the past month or so is converting that process to, uh, to doing these gatherings in a live, safe environment. And uh, so we've been uh, experimenting with backyards and how to social distance the proper way. So we sell, we sell tickets, but we also tickets are grouped in, in, in socially distanced pods. You could be a one person pod or you can be a five person pod. If you're showing up with a family, Interesting. Each, each pod has a no man's land around the pod. Right. And each time, I mean, it gets pretty, it, I, I can, I can geek out about puzzles and math stuff. So, you know, but we like literally make, uh, we're, we're having our hosts uh, map their yard on Google Earth, their square footage. And for every pod that we reserve, we subtract that square footage. So we know that we are going to have X amount of negative space. Gotcha. That people can social distance around, you know, and uh, and then creating a really uh, kind of stringent mask. And yeah. right, uh, and kind of you need to make everyone comfortable. You need to you need to do the things that you need to do to make make everyone feel comfortable and have a great time. And well, you know, and I, be safe. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Between you and me, like fuck comfortable. Nobody is going to get COVID at one of these shows. I mean, right. it's literally right. And and that's the comfortable. That's the I mean, I mean comfortable by like like okay. Uh, everyone here is spaced out and I know that they're wearing masks. So I feel comfortable. About uh, that's, comfortable that's, right. that's what I mean. Like safe and comfortable. Yes. Got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, right. I mean, uh, every time we leave the house, we take, we take a risk with our lives these days. And that's it's true. something that I'm hyper aware of, but I also think that like there was such a need for us to experience community again. And, right. and, and, and music again for some of us. And there has got to be a way that as a community and as a, as a culture, we can actually, we can adapt, we can learn how to be safe, we can learn how to respect each other's boundaries. We don't know how to do it yet. And so, right. uh, so I, you know, as an artist, I'm kind of committed to being on the front edge of, of that and trying to figure out a system that works. For the feeling like when you're putting together these shows, yeah, there's obviously there's people that are there live that are experiencing the show in front of you, and then it's being broadcast live as yeah. well. So I imagine that the challenge is to make the people at home feel like 
they're there when they're not necessarily are, are these f- full band or just solo things or, or both uh, so far where i'm wanting to, uh, we've done we beta tested two and they've okay. both been with the bands and you know and it's not it's kind of like you know us in an acoustic format right we'll kind of be in a semicircle sitting gotcha. down and uh and alex will be playing playing a cajon instead of playing his kit you know right uh, uh but uh, I think at this point, the gatherings have become such an integral part of how I am and how we are connecting with our community that, um, that when we've been in those, so far, those concert situations, the people that are there are excited to be on board for the gap we'll do a set where the camera's off and we're playing but when it's right when it's time to gather i'm talking as much to the camera as i am with the people around and the people around aren't feeling like they're getting they're getting shorted they in the feeling is more like oh we're we're all we're all all sending the gathering tonight yeah you know and And the people uh, that are there they probably feel like they're a part of this this show in in some way the thing that they've been watching from their right from their quarantine for now i'm here now i can participate in in person do people like uh like request things and like talk do you talk and have conversations answer questions and stuff like that we do uh we do different we do different stuff different nights we sometimes have different themes and we share different things so sometimes uh sometimes we'll do like a request night and all request night and sometimes and we you know and our shows are always i mean back in the good old days when you could have shows on a stage and play for people they were always very interactive so there's always that that kind of element to the music yeah man i love it i'm uh i'm excited for you i love what you're doing um i think i love what you guys are doing man congratulations on all the success in the kickstarter campaign what a thank cool, you yeah cool thing, man it's cool um, we're really excited about that new music and um you know like like everyone like you are the rest of our our summer was canceled our fall is kind of in the balance and um you know, we're, we're figuring, we're trying to figure out creative ways to, uh, to do the thing. And, you know, the guys, they live in Virginia. I'm up here in Rhode Island, used to be in Boston. Um, and, uh, yesterday was our first, our very first like carbon leaf live experience. And we debuted uh, a quarantine video that we did and, and, uh, a video pro another video project. And, it's cool. I hope I hope we do more of it, and I think it's just another thing to try to get better at as an artist. Just as just like you've been you've been talking about, and yeah. we're, we're excited. I, I mean, these things they do bring. They're as terribly painful they are for for the majority of people and everyone and everyone's struggling. They do bring up these new um, new uh, opportunities. And you see restaurants trying to do their best to to get food to people and 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 make their business remain viable, and you're seeing it with with musicians who are trying to take control of their live shows so they can do the things that they love and also make a living, yeah. um, and connect with with their audience and connect with a bigger audience that maybe they haven't been able to to grab before. So it's like it's this whole this whole other landscape that is has been plopped down in front of us and um 
and it's it's scary but it's also exciting it's like a new frontier uh but with you know the internet (laughs) well and and it and it benefits i mean obviously global catastrophe doesn't really benefit anyone but uh but 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 being forced to into a new situation it actually it kind of it's it's great for a band like carbon leaf because you are a family and your fans are part of that family right and they're not going anywhere yeah there are a lot of there are a lot of artists that are out there that i feel like this could be their undoing right that this yep. will be the end of them being able to be an artist yep. um but not not you guys uh no, it's no. only gonna change it's only gonna change the way you share and connect mm-hmm. um because the sharing and the connecting is you, everybody everybody knows you guys is in for life and that's uh yeah. you know and, and and that's that's the coolest thing about you guys there's really nothing else we could do yeah. <laughs> no one will hire us <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> There's been, can you explain this 30 year gap? <laughs> the resume would just be like, this is so-and-so my address, a big blank piece of paper. And then the end, uh, please hire what do you me. You have to show for yourself in this general. <laughs> what happened <space>? here? <laughs> yeah, man. It, it's been, this is fantastic. It's been really great talking to you, man. Um, I'm going to let you go. And, um, and I appreciate it. I hope to see you soon. I'm going to tune in tonight. I'll let people, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let everybody know what's going on. I'll share the video. Anything I can do to help, I'm in. I, I, I think, love it, man. I, well, I think I you're really, really great. To, I look forward to the day when we get to uh, play some music with each other back out on the road like we like we should. Yes, that would be fantastic. Yeah, you got it, man. All right, man. I'll uh, Hopefully, I'll see you tonight. There you All go. Right, see you, brother. See you, dude. All right. All right, that was my conversation with Mr. Adam Ezra. Let me just get this all situated again. Um, man, that dude is, that's a cool dude right there. I, uh, I used to play with Adam Ezra, um, or we used to do co-bills together when I was in the band Love in Stockholm back in the day. And um, man, he's... Uh, you see someone that's so positive and when you're in when you're in college and you're in a band and you're trying to be competitive and find the best opportunities you really when you come across someone like adam that's so positive you're like this this person cannot be real this (laughs) you doubt you doubt that they are actually this guy and i will i am here to tell you Adam Ezra is the literally one of the nicest people on the planet. And, uh, he believes in, in his fans. He believes in his music. He believes in humanity. And, um, he's just a real overall sweetheart and he's a wonderful performer. He's opened for carbon leaf a bunch of times. And, uh, I know he's done co-writes with, uh, with Stephen Kellogg, um, 
man, he's just, he's a great dude, a really great dude. And it was amazing to catch up with him. Um, if you have any questions and you want to write into the podcast, email after the gig pod at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Patreon page for some exclusive content, some video from this podcast. Uh, you can go there and sign up for that as well. That is patreon.com slash after the gig. And I will see you next week. This next song. Peace. Is the reason that this eventual album is going to have a parental advisory on it. A tribute to our hometown of Boston, Massachusetts. to break. He'd just got in from Quincy where he'd rained on a lobster bake. At the cop like tea, saw a kid son on a fiddle and smoking a butt. The devil jumped up on a globe dispenser said, dude, let me tell you what. I bet you didn't know it, kid, but I can fucking strum. You may think you're all hot shit. You're just a fucking bum. I've rocked all the hot spots from the garden to the wang. I bet a lotto cut and a pack of mops that you can't fucking hang. Kid said, my name's Sully, and you're a stupid fuck. But if you want a party, I'm game to end a buck. Sully rosin up your boat, play your fiddle hat Shit's going down in Boston and the devil deals the cards You could win a lot of cut and pack a mama rose But if you lose, the devil gets your soul Shot from his fingertips. Damn, that shit was hot. The screech across the strings, he got the subway cops all pissed. Then the dropkick Memphis showed up and it sounded something like this. Great job, but I hear that shit like every hour. I'm gonna rev it up now, then get to take a fucking shower. Oil the have a watch out, sailor. Bringing in steamers in a Boston whaler. Talking about a pants on a truck. Yippies in Southie, what the fuck? Chugging vodka to soften up the loss. Sully shouted, Devil, come on back if you want to press your luck. I told you once you had on, you're a wicked, stupid fact. Ah!